Welcome to Showhoppers. Today we are covering Watchmen's Episode 5, Little Fear of Lightning. I am Mr. Sal, high school science teacher, re-watching Watchmen because I love it. And I'm watching with my co-host and former student, who's watching it for the first time, Kurt. Kurt, are you ready to hear the truth? Oh, I, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt me in any way, I'll, I'll listen to the truth. Well, then let's dive in, shall we? <laughs> right into I, I'm very curious to where he went to. I I have my suspicions, but yeah. Are you t- are you talking about Vite? Right, yeah, yeah, where he okay. where he explored into where he was. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Kurt, as per oh. tradition, we have to try to figure out what each uh, what I <laughs> I'll start over again. I have to try to figure out what you thought about this episode, and you have to do the same for me. Rating. Kurt, I think that you are ready to get down on your knees and proclaim your undying love for this episode. I think you love Looking Glass's origin story. Uh, you called Senator Keene the heart of the Seventh Cavalry. Uh, I, I think that you. I'm not sure if you recognize this. So you probably recognize this. That this episode does a. I think would go a long way to helping book readers catch up on what's going on yes. in this universe. Uh, so I, I I think you just adore I think this is your favorite episode to give it a 10. All right. Uh, uh, same same shoe for you. I think you also gave it a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I did give it a 10. I think it was a really great episode. I, no, yeah. None of it was bad. I, I loved it throughout. I mean, I, it had ketchup elements, um, but they were they were good to watch. So. Can't complain. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, do you like it more than she was killed by Space Junk or no? I wrote so for my rating I said ten best episode or second. So right yeah. now, like I could say this is my best episode. It might be nostalgia. Like I, I have to maybe I took some nostalgia pills. <laughs> Who knows? I guess I'll see the effects of those next episode. Oh man, we got a lot to talk okay. about <laughs> where nostalgia is concerned. So. But so well, I'll give it a bit more time, but it very well could be my favorite episode. I watched okay. it and thought, you know, this 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 is my favorite episode. Yeah, this, this episode it's just this is such a tight episode to me. I just I, I can't. Yeah, I did give it a ten. Yes, and it, it, I, this one is my favorite one so far. Uh, I just think it's just so perfectly crafted. It, it is very it, well made. It, it's like the, I love the origin story. I I, I love it. We that, oh, go ahead. We learn yeah, we learn so much about Wade, but we yeah. learn so much about the world. It's not just yeah. all about Wade, right? We it's learn not. everything about, like we learn about Keen and a bit more about the Seventh Calvary, Lori's plans, what she's doing. Yep. Angela, I mean it, very tad bit and then you know, yeah, but it's still learning about Wade, obviously, too, and like the effects on him and but, the effects not, of this whole disaster. Yeah, yeah, so not just Wade, but the effect on the community at large, the the population at large of this beyond just three million people died, because mm-hmm. there's so much more to it than three million people died, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think if you were to go back and watch this episode again. Wade doesn't actually say much in this episode. No, there's him walking around. (laughs) He's in most of the scenes, almost all the scenes, but he might be in all the scenes actually, but he he doesn't say a ton, but there's just so much that we pick up that we learn about him and about the universe in this episode. And it's got this, this tight, tight theme of this, well, not a theme, sorry, motif 
of careless whisper which i just i just eat that crap up i I love it so much it's like it's it's like the um oh how am i forgetting the name of the episode uh g'day melbourne which is in uh, yeah. three three of the leftovers which is you see you hear four different three or four different versions of um uh haha take on me right and mm-hmm. this episode we hear four different versions of Killer's Whisper. It's like it's so haunting. It's chilling. Every time I hear it throughout the episode, I'm like, oh my God, it's Killer's Whisper. Because that's that's the trigger of his trauma, right? Like yeah. he he That's what you heard when it first happened. Yeah. Right. That's what was playing and when the squid fell and when he was left you know with his you know naked in this house of mirrors and he left the house of mirrors and there's all these dead bodies all over the place and that's the song that's associated with it and so when you hear it playing at, at different times throughout the episode when you hear it playing like when he sees i think it's when i don't even know her name I don't, did the they girl name they, uh, no they I named her the new girl <laughs> Well, I'm gonna name yeah. her. I'm gonna name her Colleen because she was Colleen from Lost. I don't know, know if you noticed that. I did not, but all right. Okay. Do you know who Colleen from Lost is? No, I'm thinking of Cindy. Who's Colleen? Now, uh, uh, well, I don't want to spoil Lost for people. Yeah, but I, I think that. I can. I think I can do it without spoiling Lost. Uh, she she gets shot on a boat. Oh um, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, something in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so anyway, um, so I will call her Colleen because I don't know what this character's name is. I don't think they named her, but, and I, I watched with the closed captioning on, they didn't give a name there either, but at any rate, uh, when she, when she comes into the, the group session, like th- that, a, a version of careless whisper starts playing. So it's like mm-hmm. immediately Wade is thinking, I, I have an attraction for this girl, but she's going to leave me naked and alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe maybe a psychic squid will fall as a result of that. But it's uh, it's so it's so cool. I, it's I very, it's a big episode. story of trauma. It's a big story of trauma. Yeah, it is. Because it, it, it he's, he's lying about it the whole time, mm-hmm. but not having this trauma. But he knows he has it. He very clearly has it. Even like the way he acts with the security system. I love that, by the way. Oh, like, I know. Demands it at the very end. It looks like, you know, I'm over it. He throws it out. But he kind of goes, ah, well, maybe. I mean, well, not, <laughs> only, not only, I mean, he, when he throws it out, like you really believe that he's done with it because he saw Vite's video. But he yeah. knows the whole thing was a hoax. And yeah, but maybe it's not. I mean, he doesn't back for it. Like it's because it's just it's him. That's who he is now. It's such a yeah. part of him. He can't give that up. If he gives that up, like who is he? He has yeah. no identity anymore. It's 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 really. I I think it's just it's per, it's perfect. And I I, I it is a very good episode throughout. Yeah. I love the themes and I love how yeah. yeah it's great yeah. So and I'll I'll point out all the the careless whisper uh, motif as as it comes up. But yeah. but this episode just is. I I am just so impressed with like, it's it's even got like suspense and action as well like, you know when, he, when the lettuce falls off oh. the truck and yeah like, oh yeah it's like, like I was like oh my I so I will say this I I felt like I was 
clever in the episode like i noticed things mm-hmm. then they talked about it right like for example the lettuce film like, oh that's a lettuce truck and then he realized that uh, i'm like yeah. oh okay well whatever <laughs> i saw the eye when he yeah. came into that oh, um abandoned I, yeah so i was like oh that's keen's eye in the letter haha yeah. like i've got that and then but then yeah. they show keen <laughs> and i'm like right, okay, but, well. but different keen though so, so, yeah it's his and, father and that but. and that we should talk about like that didn't come up in previous episodes it was in the supplementary in the pdpedia Mm-hmm. after episode two i think maybe three two or i think three, three. Yeah. yeah so but um senator joe keen senior who was responsible for the keen act outlawing vigilantism like wrote a letter to judd crawford sheriff judd Cra- chief sheriff chief chief judd crawford's um grandfather when he gave him the painting uh marshall feats mm-hmm. of comanche horsemanship and in his signature used that symbol Mm-hmm. of the eye and he, now then we see it painted like huge like taking up a full wall of this compound that they have the seventh cavalry I, has i was so proud to notice that and i was like aha you should be i though, knew then. it but then but then we saw keen anyway which is still fine i'm not well, I guess but, I shouldn't complain. but but a casual viewer doesn't know that that's associated with keen at all so good for you yeah. for making that yeah. kind of, it is a different keen anyway it is a different keen so yeah it's, but like father like son apparently <laughs> apparently I and i'm 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 happy i got the, like the the song motif throughout i the listeners don't know it but i played the song for mr sal before he started it was exciting <laughs> so, I, yeah i don't know the song that well so i'm, I'm glad i recognized the <laughs> It was really exciting. When you played that song, I think I, I told you, I was like, I'm proud of you, Kurt. That was Because, yeah, I, like, I mean, that's not, uh, that's a song I grew up with, so I recognized it immediately. I mean, I, yeah. I, was, I was alive in 1985, so I was there for the squid fall. No, I'm kidding. But, but I was alive <laughs> oh, in 1985. So I remember hearing that song on the radio over and over and school dances over and over and all that stuff. But you don't. And so for the fact that you picked up on that motif is really impressive. So good for you. Well, it's a good chorus. Good saxophone solo. <laughs> it's a good saxophone solo. I yeah. have rhythm anyway. Yeah, right. right. But I loved. I loved seeing like Wade has all. He's got all this fear and all this trauma and all this insecurity. But he pretends, or I'm sorry, he presents completely opposite to that. Right. He presents like he's not afraid of anything. He presents like so, totally mm-hmm. secure and confident in everything yeah. he says and does. I love seeing him grapple with that in this episode. Every it seems like every single like scene had a meaning that you could dissect for like an hour. Like we could spend like an hour on every scene. We won't, folks. Don't worry. But it, it feels like you could spend an hour on every scene. I I I was pausing so much. Like I gotta write that down. Oh, I gotta write that down. It was it's there's so it's so dense and tight. It's oh, it's so good. Anyway, there's also Dominic in the episode. Yes. My Lotus. <laughs> yes, yes, Michael Imperioli makes an appearance. Really fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the, and I also think that it, this presented more answers than questions. I would, would agree. agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we got to see Vite go into his space, right? Even mm-hmm. though we might have questions as to what it is, we, we see more than we what we knew. Yep. Um, looking, we, we see this video that Vite sent to yep. president redford. redford yeah yep. and so you know and this we know the seventh calvary kind of has evidence that this is all staged and mm-hmm. we kind of actually have known since the comics that they're kind of right in that way like Rorschach's mm-hmm. journal is accurate in that respect like it <laughs> right. was a hoax even though they're yep. extremists they're not wrong in that aspect yep uh and it looks like the president knows this as well and it's 
you know, I guess this is a big conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we know? I mean, the cactus and Lori and Lori. I mean, I guess that just moves the plot more along than anything. Yeah, that, that we learned the pills, though. We learned the pills, though. The pills, yeah, exactly. So, yep. That I guess we learned. But. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. So, and, and we learn even more about the pills in the supplementary material. Yes. We'll yeah. talk about later. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's take a guess at each other's favorite scenes. This is very. This was very hard for me. I know. I don't. I have no idea what to say for my, you. My, yeah, my favorite scene is everything. Like it's, it's really, a lot of good scenes. It's so, and in a lot of ways, it all it feels like so cohesive. It just feels like it just. It just feels like flows one into one, into yeah. one, into. One. I agree. I, I remember when I was trying to pick my favorite scene. I was like, how much of this is one scene? Yeah. <laughs> like what, yeah. what constitutes? And, and a lot of it is because it's so focused on one character at the center of everything uh i think it feels that way because of that and actually how it's, it's relatively it's, real time right it is it's way over the course of a day because we see you know him Over, getting overrated. that yeah yeah, yeah exactly and it ends with wait well, kind of begins with him wanting to get the package not quite but basically yeah. and ends with him yeah you know. yeah i shouldn't say real time it was only an hour long <laughs> but it's 24 hours <laughs> yeah so, yeah a day in the life of wade uh forgot his last tillman wait tillman tillman yes yes yeah so all right so i i ultimately landed for you i think this is so hard but i think maybe the opening scene is is your favorite scene all right uh any reason for that uh, I, so i i think you like a good origin story i i, I think this is i think this <laughs> I love is superheroes <laughs> Oh, well made looking glass. Yeah. And he was born in glass. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally looking glasses. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think there's that. I think that it's a it's just such a strong connection to the source material, which I know you really love the source material. So I think like seeing seeing the squid fall, I think was a thrill for you. Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, there are not tops in in this opening scene oh yeah the thugs yeah i remember yeah, the, the thugs are all, they're, they're all the ones that killed uh the night owl 1.0 holly mason right oh hollis mason, mason. Yeah. yeah exactly so yeah so the, i i think all that plus that, that's the scene that's referenced throughout the rest of the episode like that that is that informs everything else that happens in the episode so i think that's your favorite all right for you I think your favorite scene, I don't know how much you constitute this as one scene, but somewhere between him seeing the lettuce drop all the way to him watching the Vite video. I don't know what you like <laughs> constitute as one scene. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you can constitute the scene beginning of when he starts breaking into the, that's what the abandoned say, place. Is, 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 okay, yeah, I'll say that into the Vite video. Okay. Um, that's right. my guess for you. That is not what I ended up saying. It is, I, I mean, I love it. It's It's not a bad guess it's a really good guess um but it's not my favorite it's probably i don't even know if it's in my top three scenes to be honest with you it's really good though it was so hard kurt i like so i it was very I really hard. liked i really liked the scene in the parking lot right before the the lettuce dropped where uh Colleen, the tobacco is uh, illegal. The, 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 yeah, the yeah. tobacco is illegal, uh, and she says you're still in the tunnel. Uh, mm-hmm. so I I really liked that stuff. Um, I really liked uh, 
I love the opening. I think that they're just like nailing every single opening. I, the opening is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, I love the scene at the 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 Forever Pets clinic with his ex wife. Oh his yeah, that was good. It's fantastic. It looks scene. like his ex wife because he does yeah. say yeah. seven years. His I, last I, name, I would think. Yeah, yeah. But I ultimately went with my favorite scene is in the bar the conversation that the two with of them, them talking yeah the li- okay yeah and I, I want to tell you a, a a big part of the reason why that's my favorite scene um first of all you know she doesn't believe she doesn't believe him she thinks he's still in the tunnel right mm-hmm. um she, he he like the, 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 he's uses his like i don't know what it's not a superpower but his skill yeah to like debunk two of her proposed occupations right mm-hmm. so we get to see it on display like this is this is really cool that he can do this um but but what i what i really loved was her squid story so this made-up movie. I'm assuming. Or is it a real movie? But oh. The movie's about made-up events. Holy cow, Kurt. Or is it a movie? This, this, this is incredible. All right. So, but before I talk about the details of the movie, uh-huh. let me just say, I think it's a really cool concept to introduce that you can have this trauma about this event that had really nothing to do with you. Uh-huh. Right? She, she wasn't there. She was probably in Oklahoma. So she didn't probably even feel any psychic effects. Right? But she's so attached to this movie, and, and she and it, it impacts her everyday life. And squids still fall from the sky, and like all of this stuff is still causing her to have this trauma. And I mm-hmm. believe her when she says, like, even though she's she's playing Wade this whole time, I I do believe that this is a source of trauma for her. Yeah, because Wade believes it, and Wade can tell yeah. someone's lying. Right. So, so I, I love that that her trauma is of a much less direct variety than wade's mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think I, I think it's i think it's really important to call attention to that that you can still be traumatized by a, an event that you weren't directly oh, yeah. part of it's actually, it's actually one of the themes of the series right it's a, I, the, yeah the, the angela can be traumatized by the events of the tulsa massacre even though she wasn't there oh yeah i i know people that have like existential existential dread over things that are mm-hmm. you know of no like they have no bearing on you know, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, however the world might end or other things. Like, that's just, it's not an abnormal thing for people to right have a fear of something like that. No, it's, yeah. And, well, yeah, yeah so, well, about the movie. Yeah. So about the movie, the, this is, so the movie is called Pale Horse, which that was the name of the band that was playing at Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden yeah. when the squid fell on Madison Square Garden. So okay. that's Pale Horse. But she says, don't you remember Steven Spielberg, 1992, won a bunch of Oscars? So do you know it wasn't 1992 it was 1993 but steven spielberg did make a movie that won a bunch of oscars in 1993 it was schindler's list oh i've never so, seen schindler's are, list no. are you familiar with it do you know what it's about no i don't oh you don't know anything about it no okay so it's it's set in nazi germany <laughs> schindler was uh I if I'm it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but uh, Schindler, Schindler was in the Nazi party, but ended up as a Jewish sympathizer and releasing a lot of these Jews, like covertly releasing a lot of Jewish people. So uh, who were, who had been sentenced to concentration camps. And one of the pivotal scenes in the movie 
is when he is overseeing like a raid of a Jewish area of a town. And it, this whole, the whole movie's in black and white, by the way, just like she's describing. And there's a girl in a red coat and he can see the red coat and we see the red coat in the movie, just like she's describing. So they, they've basically repurposed Schindler's List mm-hmm. for, for this Pal Horse movie with the implication being that Spielberg didn't make Schindler's List. He made this movie instead. Oh, right. So it's, I, I was like, <laughs> I, when she's describing, I was like, I swear I remember a red coat on a girl in Schindler's List because it's, it's the only No, thing. that was Pale Horse, Mr. Sal. You're yeah. a pale horse. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so when she's describing this, I'm like, oh, my God, this is really cool universe building. Spielberg was so impacted by the Squidfall that he didn't make Schindler's List. He used that, that brilliant scene that he actually put in Schindler's List in this movie instead i love that idea that they're they're trying to give you memories by taking actual things from a while ago and right <laughs> but it works in the in the universe because yeah things have changed it's, you know yes diversion yes. from our own mm-hmm. but then she also like so yeah exactly because there, there has been a couple of inflection points right there's mm-hmm. the vietnam war was the big inflection point that just uh they kind of yeah changed it all into motion. Basically, right. Doctor Manhattan is what I consider to be like the the biggest inflection point because his existence kind of won them the Vietnam War and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yes, exactly. Throughout the Cold right. War and, and all uh, because stuff. up to that point, their history and our history would be the same. Yeah, more or but, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right, I mean, no Minutemen, but yeah. we probably had our own versions. But anyway, yeah. yeah but we diverged with Doctor Manhattan. But this, so this this is just another example of that type of inflection point you know it's 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 the same idea as you know john grisham is the supreme court justice robert redford's the president and so forth um but this is steven spielberg making pal horse instead of schindler's list winning a bunch of oscars for it this black and white movie with this one girl in a red coat and i, I do also love the, the idea that she says that watching that makes her feel better because she's facing her fears right because she is scared all the time. So this, this trauma that she's feeling, it has more to do with fear than it does with like reliving the past. She's afraid mm-hmm. of it happening again. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the potential of it happening again. And uh, another thing about your favorite scene is I would, I'm, I'm interested in rewatching that, knowing the fact of what she's trying to do, like how this mm-hmm. is all like a, a ploy. Definitely. To some degree. So yeah. I mean, I think that adds another layer to it. Do you think it. she knows that, the um well if she does then it's then she's lying the whole time that can't i don't think that's true she doesn't know what what's on that disc does she i guess not she can't unless she does and still is scared of it but um because i I guess you can still be afraid of even if she does know she could still be afraid that it happens again because if i'd done it once like if, if it was doable to do it it is still right. doable to do it again, right? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yes, but but I don't think she's seen it based on gotcha that. But even if she has, there's still kind of a a way to get around that, I guess. Right. Um. Right. I guess so, here. So, what was your favorite scene? Or did, yeah. did you have more to say about this one? No, no. I'll talk about my favorite scene, and you got me right. I did say the first Ooh. scene. <laughs> I, I mean, me. I really wanted to say the first scene. Like, it's so damn good. I, but... I mean, because the first scene happens, and it shows this. It says, you know, radio, blah blah blah. Nineteen eighty-five. Oh, right. So this is this is the we got the eleven-two uh, going on here. This is the yeah. this is the incident I think is going to happen here, and. 
Well, I didn't know the incident. Like, I didn't know where we were in 1985. I was just wondering if we'd see the incident or maybe just fear. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he shows this guy, and I'm like, is this Petey? There's no like Petey. <laughs> this guy's like, who is this person? Like Petey, yeah. I was like, what, what, who is this? This is like 20, 40 years, sorry, like 40 years ago. Who, who is this? Well, I guess maybe 30. And I, I had no idea. And then they, you know, they say Wade, and I'm like, oh, it's Wade. And mm-hmm. it was cool seeing like someone was reading the Vite method, and you know, there's <laughs> probably other stuff I missed. We saw, um, I forgot the. The little gang's name, but not the not tops, not tops. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see the not top guy and uh, kind of see his origin story, I guess. Yeah, it, it's a good one, it's a bit scarring, and yeah, it was really cool seeing the event happen. That was really cool. Yeah, so, uh, so I mean, they give us. They give us lots of context here for for people who aren't familiar with the source material. You know, he's going around saying the doomsday clocks at one minute to midnight. You know, any minute now, Russia's going to launch their full nuclear force on us, and our president has already said that he's going to launch right back. So, th- if you don't, if you haven't read the source material, you now get an idea of what the events leading up to the Squidfall were like. Like you mm-hmm. don't get the the character details, but you get the world details here, which is I, I think it's it's cool that they have incorporated this. And I think this this episode I think goes a long way toward the idea that you can enjoy the series without having read the book, but you would have to make it through the first four episodes to get here, and then that might not go so well. But at any rate, you know the I, I don't know if you noticed the. Um, the pamphlets that he was giving out were Watchtower. Are you familiar with Watchtower at all? No, it's Watchtower. With the pandas. That that is like the the title of the pamphlets that Jehovah's Witnesses hand out. Oh, okay. No, I did not know that. Yeah. So he was apparently a Jehovah's Witness, and he says he's from Tulsa. So they they bust from Tulsa to Hoboken, New Jersey, because that's where the sinners are. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. why I came all the way there. Yeah. When the girl asks him. Uh, you know, and, and then you know, inside the House of Mirrors, when we hear Careless Whisper playing, the the uh, shame that he feels after the girl takes his clothes and leaves him naked in this House of Mirrors, he calls himself a dumb sinner, right? Uh, of course, the squidfall happens, and then that that changes everything. But that yeah. I thought that Pan the panning shot from Hoboken across the river to New York city was really cool. Yeah. Well, oh, the pan, I was like, Oh, we're going to see the squid. What are we going to see? <laughs> I was really hoping we'd see the squid. And then we see like Dr. Manhattan and young glory pop in. Like, cause you know, like mm. they walk around the records. Yeah. That didn't happen. That, that was me really. I, I want to see Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> I want to see actual Dr. Manhattan. I don't think Rorschach's happening. I'm glad that it wasn't just forgotten. And I, very much so was a big part, but Mm-hmm. Come on, we still get back Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to well, see the Owl Man. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, we've seen Laurie now. We've seen, but yeah, I don't, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. We've and got... who knows? Maybe we'll see Bryson Lewis, the Mothman. <laughs> well, we've seen moths anyway. Operatic <laughs> moths. Maybe. Maybe we'll see Mothman. Well, we've only got four episodes left. We are more than halfway done with the series now. Oh. So we'll see. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how much we can fit into into that, but uh, we'll see. We could get a Doctor Manhattan episode in there. We could get a Doctor Manhattan episode in there. Who knows? And I mean, I'm well. All right, I'll leave it. I'll leave that for later. But okay. Well, all right. So, well, then, shall we enter the recap? Lots. Well, 
Okay, we open with Kurt's favorite scene, Hoboken, nineteen eighty-five. I, I'm not going to say anything more about this scene except yeah. to say that the the first song before Kelly's Whisper, they play one of my favorite eighty songs, Howard Jones. Things can only get better. Oh my god, I love that song. <laughs> I got so excited when I heard it. Sorry, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we transitioned. We we when we they pan from Hoboken over to New York City, we see the squid. Uh, we stay in New York City for a moment because we're going to see this ad for some kind of commercial for coming back to New York City, which is because it's really safe now. Come on back. Michael Imperioli comes back. Dominic from White Lotus comes comes back. Kali Mars, great. The, the Italian food. That, you know how they eat their squid now with lemon and a little marinara. That's that's. Uh, of course, he's he was famous at that point when Watchmen came out, not for the White Lotus, but for the Sopranos. The Sopranos. Yeah. So you know, the Sopranos. There's a lot about Italian food in the Sopranos. So. <laughs> we have so much squid here. We still, we got half the squid left. Come eat some. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Wade watches the commercials, and this is an interesting occupation for Wade to have. And they'll, remember, all the all the police officers have like cover jobs so that they can say that they're doing something else. But his apparently is watching watchers, right? So who watches the Watchmen? Wade watches them. So uh, <laughs> sorry, <What? laughs> uh, but so these are he he watches focus groups. He watches their reactions to commercials, to breakfast cereal, to perfume, whatever it is, uh, and then he reports back. You know, surveys be damned. It doesn't matter what they say on the surveys. What I have to say really matters. And he says what he sees is fear. No matter what their surveys say, these people are afraid of New York City. They don't want to have this event called back to their attention. All they did was remind people that three, three million people died. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think it's a really interesting job for Wade to have. It makes sense. They, he looks at focus groups and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It does make me think that the police department, like, geez, what a... What a like you gotta have a job on top of your job. And right, like, right. like Angela doesn't seem like she's doing a real job outside well, of her job. She's, she's the got bakery. the bakery. Yeah. yeah, if that's gonna open up, that's a smart <laughs> bakery that never opens. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, anyway, uh, we get a very short scene next. It's just Lori sending all the cops out to find that Seventh Cavalry Church. They go to every house of worship. We're gonna find it. So there you have it. Um, Wade's ex hasn't gotten back to him about the about Will's pills, and Angela's not happy about that. He says, "Wade says, look, you don't lean on people who are doing you a favor, and uh, you know, not so thin, thinly." Then valid. leans on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Lori calls Wade into her office, and and really just like this is a little bit of exposition you know we just get to know yeah. wade more through laurie telling us about wade to wade but um i think the the main takeaways that we we get here are uh reflectatine is the is the material that his mask is made out of and it's guaranteed protection from psychic blasts and she asserts that maybe that's why he joined the force and maybe that's why he sleeps great but she also asked him about the pills because she bugged his cactus on his desk. Well, I love that they say this here because later they, they show the cactus like yeah. multiple times. It's like, oh, yep. no. I know. So prior they showed the cactus. Like there's yeah. a, a prominent shot of the cactus. Oh, I didn't notice that. In, in the scene before. <laughs> right. Of course. He, he didn't yeah. know that was going to happen. But, but they did like they 
subconsciously put it in your mind that, that he has a cactus on his desk. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting. Anyway, um, Wade returns home. I do. Love, I love this scene too. This is great. This, this whole episode is so good. Anyway, he he has a there's a, he goes through goes through his mail and there's a letter addressed to Cynthia, uh, which it, it turns out is his ex. His hat. He takes it off and we see that it is lined with reflectatine. And he has a home mask that he wears around the house. So, I mean, the, the, he seems to have bought into this idea of reflectatine. And Lori had him pegged as someone who is looking for an excuse to wear it. And she was <laughs> correct. But he wears it around the house. He eats baked beans straight from the can. Do we know anybody else who does that? Oh, no. Um, who else eats baked beans straight from the can? Ah. Maybe another character who also thinks of his mask as his actual face. Oh, Rorschach? Rorschach does it, yeah. You're right. I remember yeah. he did that in the first... Didn't he do that in, like, the first chapter? Chapter, one. Yeah. Yeah, chapter one, yeah. That old, how do you remember that? <laughs> because I remember this. So when I reread the book, I remembered Wade doing this. It's like, it's... Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so he, he's being straight from the can. He's watching American Hero Story on which Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis are having sex. And Hooded Justice tells Captain Metropolis, you'll never see my face. so uh, an alarm goes off we don't know what this alarm is but he runs runs to the swan i mean the the bunker to hit the button (laughs) you catch my reference there the swan yeah yeah gotta go press the button button. oh yeah i didn't even think about that aspect of it you're right yeah Yeah. gotta go type in the numbers yeah (laughs) but uh, anyway um the alarm just doesn't seem to stop even though he pushes the button okay but he apparently he calls the company after after he goes back in the house and smashes the alarm i mean he just obliterates the thing but he calls the company to get a replacement uh and they they kind of imply that he's testing too frequently uh but he says no no no, it's malfunctioning and he wants a new ed this company is called eds extra dimensional securities uh and they they say they can't get him a new one uh until like Oh, next Thursday, whenever that is. Not fast enough for Wade, though. Um, but they do uh, for basically double the price offered overnight. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you noticed this part, too, either. He, he sleeps on the couch, not in the bunk beds. So, oh, when he's down in his bunker? Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he sleeps on the couch and stares at the bunk beds. He sleeps with his mask on. Of course, he sleeps great. We know that. His face, you mean. His face, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, sleeps on the couch and stares at the bunk beds. So, And there are two of them. Of course, they're bunk beds. Uh, presumably, this was uh, meant for he and his ex. Mm-hmm. What a caring uh, man. Yes. Speaking of his ex, the next, I assume it's the next day. He goes to Forever Pets, which is an interesting concept. Uh, So Forever Pets is basically they make a clone of your pet so that when your pet dies, you get a replacement that is your old pet. I assume that's the idea here. It's pretty smart. Yeah, except that uh, if they don't get it exactly right, the clones get incinerated. Just don't tell them how the meat's made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, Wade visits Cynthia, and he doesn't want the errant dog that she made, so off to the sad incinerator. Uh, but anyway, the pills that uh, Angela gave Wade are nostalgia, which she, he kind of informs us are memories in pill form. Mm. 
And they've been outlawed because they cause psychosis. Now, throughout this scene, we hear a guitar version of Careless Whisper. Did you hear it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Careless Whisper, and, and, and it's important because she's, Cynthia is about to tell us that she spent seven years trying to convince him that she wasn't going to steal his clothes and leave him naked and alone. So, do you, I was wondering if she actually said that or if Wade just like, because he also like has like a, or, you know, we get like a flash, probably what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. But I was just curious if she was actually thinking saying that or if he just superimposed that onto what she was. I think she actually said that. But I uh, think she did too, but it's uh, interesting to think about it the other way. And I think that it's very valid to think about it that way if you want to, because uh, it, it certainly could be. But I mean, that's definitely what he's thinking. He's thinking about that moment where mm-hmm. he was stripped naked and left alone. And so, and here's here he is in front of this woman who was one of the good ones, he says, mm-hmm. and yet he lived in constant fear of her stripping him naked and leaving him alone. Yeah, seemingly, so. I think they were uh, they were married at some point. It he, seems he, like it because he accidentally says Cynthia Tillman. Oh, I you're mean, right. Bennett. Yes, that's right. You're right. So you're I, right. I think they were married. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was very hopeful. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> very hopeful. <laughs> Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the letter was addressed to Cynthia Tillman. Oh, okay. Then. So yes. So you started writing on the letters too. For yes, <laughs> she was maybe very hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just calling herself Cynthia Tillman for the married. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I love this next scene too. The support group. This is amazing. What, what an episode! Uh, it, this is the extra dimensional anxiety and you pamphlets that he puts out, which we'll talk about later when we get mm-hmm. to the Pedipedia. But uh, Wade Tillman is in charge of leading this support group uh, who is uh, a support group for extra dimensional anxiety. Okay. Uh, Another group member talks about inheriting the genetic trauma of his mother, even though he was born 10 years after the squid, he still feels this trauma, which I, I think is such a brilliant way to present the concept of inherited trauma. I, 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 I know that people I know people who don't believe in this, that that trauma can be inherited. But like when you think about when you see this guy here talking about anxiety, about uh, the possible squid fall, how could he not have that trauma? If his mother was there, like how could he not have that trauma? Like Yeah, and she of... showed probably major trauma with relation to the event. You know, that yeah. was probably Fukiyama as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how much how much of his childhood was spent i don't know doing drills like we saw wade do in the previous scene you know how much yeah. of his childhood was spent being told that that you should be afraid of this potential falling psychic squid and and i, I it, it would have completely impacted the way that she raised him oh yeah certainly so yeah certainly. I, it's, it's not her fault but he is going to inherit that trauma. It's it's it's. I, I love this. This is. I thought this is. It's a big. Th- it's a big theme of Watchmen. Seems it is with the Tulsa massacre and yep, the squid. Right. So so I mean the the larger point that I think David Lindelof is trying to make here is that just because someone wasn't alive for the Tulsa race massacre or being brought over on slave ships doesn't mean they don't still feel that trauma. Mm-hmm. 
that impacts everything. Anyway, a new person enters. Uh, we don't know who this is, but she, uh, she she comes in and Wade seems, actually, she seems enthralled with Wade. It seems like she's kind of hanging on his every word. But when she comes in, this is when we get the piano version of Careless Whisper. So I love that because it clues us into the idea that Wade is noticing her and thinking about her as a potential person to break his heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's so good. I love that <laughs> motif. Works so well, I think. Anyway, he wants to lead them to the light at the end of the tunnel. He was there. And she in the parking lot afterwards says, I think you're still there. I think you're still in that tunnel. And tells him to follow her to a bar where we get my favorite scene. So I won't uh, I won't uh, go over that any anymore but we will shift to outside unless you have more to say about it no 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 okay we do shift to outside where she smokes a cigarette which is a controlled substance and illegal and uh he you know she says you're not are you gonna call the cops on me so thinking about it have we seen anybody smoke in this season i mean i i guess not i i think maybe we saw judd smoke a cigar did Lori smoke i don't think we saw Lori smoke i think maybe Uh judd did Makes sense, yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not entirely even sure about that, actually. <laughs> but anyway, um, they kiss, and he admits that he is not out of the tunnel. She gets picked up by the lettuce truck, and intoxication be damned, he's off to follow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, he goes to an abandoned department store out on rural Route Nine, and he watches this mystery woman and the person who picked her up put on Rorschach masks and enter the store. Wade calls it in and backups <laughs> on the way, apparently. He goes in with a gun that he found from uh, the tr- in the truck that they left behind. And he walks right past this giant red eye mural on the wall. He finds the church studio. So this is, the, this is where they've yeah. been filming their correspondences with the police uh it's it looks like a church but it's in this abandoned department store (laughs) and while he's in there a ball drops from the ceiling seemingly randomly yeah magically yeah he looks around a little more and he finds them throwing basketballs into some kind of portal he pulls the gun on them but you know what they brought him here on purpose those are blanks in the gun and it was them on the walkie-talkie because they need to show him the truth. Man, I would be so upset if it got played this hard. I thought, oh. gosh, darn it, man. Seriously. Living, literally, I haven't said this in a while, living in your head rent-free. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is how badly they got you. So, so interestingly, so here's the thing about this. So he, this his skill is to detect lies. And, <laughs> and the, the, what makes this work is that she didn't lie to him. They never lied, yeah. You know, and but that careless whisper that played when she walked in the room, like it's exactly what ended up happening because here he is naked and alone again. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not literally, but it, it happened again. Yeah. You got caught out. Yep. Yeah. Lured in and trapped. <laughs> well, what is the truth? Senator Keene is there to tell him. He and Judd, Judd Crawford, Poor Judd is dead. Well, poor Judd and, and Senator Keene were running the 7th Cavalry in order to prevent anything like the White Knight from happening again. At least that's what he tells Wade. Wade doesn't believe it, but he's what he's really afraid that they're going to do 
is use that portal to drop another squid. But now that that's that'd be too unoriginal, says Keen. They've got <laughs> they've got new bigger plans, and he sets Wade free in exchange for him throwing and- Angela under the bus for Judd's murder. He he gives them the opportunity to push play on this disc and watch Adrian Veidt's 1985 message to 1993 President Redford. So good. Wade is in complete awe. Yeah, it recorded 24 hours before the squid event. Yep. (laughs) Ah. Yeah, it's fantastic. So good. And a great transition into Adrian Veidt's next. Mm -hmm. One and only scene in the episode. The the Veidt intermission, we can call it, if you want. Yeah, I do love the... I was was scared that this would be the whole of the Veidt stuff for this episode, but I'm glad it wasn't. It's still a little short on the Veidt, but it's good. It was all good, though. It was. Because Veidt launches himself into wherever. Wherever Mm -hmm. he's been launching the Crookshanks and Phillipses, he launches himself in there now. Apparently, he has a suit that works. Because remember, we saw early on there was a suit that did not work, and the person inside froze to death. Okay, but not not so now. This works. He where is he? Where does he go? We don't know. But it's someplace very cold, and it's someplace with very low gravity. And it looks so. I think it's. It looks like it's a moon of Jupiter. That looks it like it's look Jupiter. Like, it does look so like Jupiter. Maybe he's getting stupider. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, the only moon of Jupiter was that there's like, there's one such as U or E, like EU something. E, I don't know that one. But there was always Titan. People always talk about Titan. No, that's say, a moon of Saturn. Is Titan a moon of Saturn? Titan is a moon of Saturn, yeah. I think he's on Titan. Okay. All right. But so, <laughs> a moon of Saturn, though, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know that I could tell based on this right, section yeah. whether this is Saturn or Jupiter or someplace that's not even in our solar system. I have no, no idea. I think but, it's a moon of Jupiter. Some moon of Jupiter. Probably okay. got a lot of moons. Okay. Yeah, How many, it's a very I think it's got planet. a lot. I think it's got I, a lot of moons. I think it does, too. I'm not really sure. But at any rate, he... This must have pretty low gravity wherever he is because he's able to pick up these bodies and move them around like nothing. I mean, he also has the Vite method, though. So. Oh, that's true, the Vite method. I forgot about the Vite <laughs> method. Anyway, he arranges the bodies to spell in very large letters, save me, and we only see a D after that. Save me, D. Mm-hmm. Just in time for a passing satellite. Pre- uh, assume, presumably, it looks like a satellite to me. Mm-hmm. To notice it, so can I tell you who I think it is? Though sure. what that says, D. I think it says, I think it is Dryberg or Dan, Dryberg or Dan. Same okay. guy though. That's my only not... guess. All right, <laughs> all right. I'm not going to throw any other possibilities out there. That's fine. Uh, though. Okay. Go. I'm right. trying to think who else D that we know like starts with D. Like, mm, I mean. I don't know, Lady True. I don't know what Lady True's first name is. That's, I don't know that. <laughs> um, who else is D? Like, other than Dan Dryberg, that's the only D I know. So. Dan Dryberg. Okay. Save me. Dinosaurs, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's being cruel about it. But well, we don't get to see it. We don't get to see the rest of it. We only get to see the D because he gets pulled back and arrested by the warden. <sighs> the darn warden. Mm-hmm. There'll be no mercy. There'll be no mercy except for the uh, the uh, focus group. Yeah, the, exactly. But 
Panda thinks that Hood of Justice is Dr. Matt is. I love that. I love their discussion about that. Yeah. Red Red Scare disagrees. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think it's going a little too deep in it, but yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case, but man, I do miss Dr. Manhattan. Oh, well. Oh, oh, hey, the the (laughs) thing's for Dr. Manhattan. That's what it is. Oh, you wrote it, save me Dr. Manhattan. (laughs) That's what it is. That makes more sense than Dan (laughs) Driver. Doctor like, Manhattan connected. I, like, I was trying to, th- like, I was trying to hold back. Like, really, you don't know another D? Come on now. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. I change. I I I, I react. Redact my guess to Doctor Manhattan. Okay. Noted. All right. Well, Wade gets Angela to admit what happened, so that Lori can hear. She comes out and arrests Angela. Los Angeles. I'm sorry. Arrests Angela on the spot, but not before. Angela downs the entire bottle of nostalgia. That's remember, not good for you. Nostalgia are memories in pill form. And these came from Will, right? Will left these for her. Yeah. So it, Presumably back, Will's memories. So Right. So going back to uh, the conversation that Will had with Lady True at the end of last episode, mm-hmm. remember where... Lady True said the the pills are passive aggressive exposition is too cute by half, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, and didn't Will say something like, "Aren't you doing the same thing to your daughter?" And she said, "That's different." You're right. So I went, "Yeah, what are her dreams? What was she getting IV there?" <laughs> hmm. Exactly. So anyway, Wade arrives at home. He Wait. leaves his hat in the car and pulls. And I'm sorry, he puts the new EDS unit in the trash, but changes his mind and brings it inside. Last scene we get to see is the 7th Cavalry showing up heavily armed at Wade's house. They're rolling in. Does he know too much? Or is he one of them now? What do you think? Where do you come down on that? I I think they're coming there to... I don't think they're taking out Wade. Maybe, so, so you they, think he he turned coat and he's one of them now? Also, I think it's going to happen. Although I could see them taking care of him because he, he fulfilled his task of getting rid of Angela mm-hmm. in the Keen's eyes, and so now we can no no loose ends here. All right. So, well, well g- give me give me percentages that he I, turns I, coat and he's one of them versus he is uh, he knows too much and they got to take him out. I think I, I don't think they're gonna take him out. So, uh, so you uh, come down heavily, more heavily on the side of he turned coat and he's one of them. Well, either either he's turned coat or they're coming to make sure he's turned coat. Like I'm not saying he's invited them over willingly. <laughs> like I'm not saying that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think they're coming there to kill him. Like I think I think they're coming there to be like, hey, yeah, you're with us by the way now, and he'll go, yeah, yeah, I am. Gotcha. Oh, that, that wouldn't that be sad. <laughs> So wouldn't that be sad if they shot him? I mean, no. I mean, you you really like Wade as a character, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's w- sad about that? Would you would you be sad to see him go over to the Seventh Cavalry? No, no. Okay, that's the Rorschach right. side. I like Rorschach. That's true. That is very. He is in the Seventh Cavalry. They're extreme, but I I still go back to the fact of. They are, they are right, though. <laughs> like, about, like, the government this. is like them about the squid thing. They are right. right about that. Now, I don't know what they're doing, what extreme measures they're doing. But, well, I mean, we, there, there have been all kinds of, of Rorschach parallels drawn to 
Wade in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. He's always had yeah Rorschach parallels to him, despite not being the Seventh Cavalry. And you know mm-hmm. he turns coat. It would definitely him. Um, like completely, he's the new Rorschach. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Rorschach, I Rorschach felt as though he had the ability to tell when people are lying. Seemingly, he did. Like you know, based on the way they spoke, you'd go like, "Hmm, believe him." Hmm, you know, you <laughs> never in a complete sentence. Never complete sentences would be right in his <laughs> journal. But yeah, you'd go, "Hmm, breathing weird." Believe. <laughs> breathing weird. Believe. <laughs> yes. Possibly gay. Must investigate further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I. I, he's very similar because I think Rorschach seemingly Rorschach thought he had a keen eye for things. Yes, and it seems like Wade at least thinks he does. He, I think he really does. I think Rorschach had a keen eye for some things. You could call it paranoia. He was right that there was a mask killer and stuff. So there's parallels. There's a lot of parallels between Wade and Rorschach. Yes. Okay, Kurt. I think it's time to check the time. All right. Well, t- oh my goodness, Mr. Sal, it's TV time. Oh, you spoiled it. I was going to say that. <laughs> Ain't no time like a TV time. Always I... stealing my thunder. Good thing I have little fear of lightning. Very, very frightening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Kurt, on a scale from one to five, what do you think the people gave this episode? I think they gave it a five. The people love TV time. Uh, yes, they did. 80% said five. Yeah, pretty good episode. 80%. I mean, this seems like a pretty easy TV time. Is Wade a votable character? Uh, Wade is a votable character, yes. I think both you and the people said Wade. And I believe you said Wade as well. You are correct. I did say yeah. Wade. <laughs> and so did I. And so did the people. Would you like to guess the percentage? 90%. On the nose. <laughs> wow. Ten percent of them are all goofs anyway. Ten percent of TV time. I don't know what they're doing there. I think they're people <laughs> that got lost and they're hitting the wrong thing. I, yeah. it's just... So five percent, Angela. I think the Angela's just the default vote, right? Yeah, it's like the actor or the main character. Yeah, it's like Marty Bird and Ozark. Like, I yeah. think people were just voting for for. Angela before they even watched the episode. Um Lori the other Veidt, one Adrian Vite three percent. Like fine. Okay, that's fine. all right. Yeah. yeah, if you're really into that, yeah. I'm a little confused about Lori's one percent, although she's great, but I'm a little confused. Uh I'm, I'm very concerned about the one percent that goes to Joe Keen. <laughs> Joe Keen? <laughs> Joe Keen, yeah. Oh Junior? Like Junior, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Junior. I mean I, if you're into the Keen guy, yeah, I got whatever. I mean I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, the vote for Keen, a vote for Lordy, and a vote for Vite all make more sense than uh, Angela to me in this episode. Yeah, I guess you're right. But all of them, none of them make sense. I mean, the only one that you could justify to me maybe is Vite, and that's only if you're really into the Vite storyline. Right. Uh, besides that, I mean, all those character scenes have Wade. <laughs> I think Wade's Yeah, better. because the mystery woman is not a votable character. She would have yeah. been my second choice. Yeah, I could see that mystery woman. Yeah. Colleen, as we call her. Mm-hmm. Colleen, yes. Anyway, Pirate Jenny's a votable character, by the way. <laughs> was Red Scare a votable yes. character? Also a votable Panda? Character. No. All right. Well, Not Panda. All right. All right, Kurt. I think it's time to peruse the PDPedia.
Well, okay. Kurt, I, we got three bits of uh, documentation here. Uh, the first one I'll talk about is Agent Petey's uh, memo. Yeah, this one's a bit more to catch up here. Yeah, there's uh, there's not a lot here. I'm not going to go through much of this. We, yeah. You know what, folks, if you want to hear about Agent Petey's uh, memos. Just you know, read read the graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of catch up. I think there's a there's a bit that's about the American Horror Story depiction of it. But, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but that's just mostly complaining about the American yeah, Horror yeah. Story. Depiction. If, if you read the comics, there's not much. Yeah. So one thing I will point out is that he does talk about how uh, shortly after um, she found out that her father was Eddie Blake. She adopted his last name and the new alias instead of Silk Spectre, uh, she became the comedian mm-hmm. until she was captured by the FBI in the Oklahoma city bombing or attempted Oklahoma city bombing, another vast deviation from our universe um, and offered a plea deal that required her to become a special agent of the anti-vigilante task force. So, there you have it. That's why she works for the FBI now, because she has to. It's part of her plea deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the other uh, inf- bit of information I'll point out here is that PD points out that an American history – I'm sorry, not American history. American ho- hero story. Almost an American <laughs> horror story. I was an thinking Amer- about that too. <laughs> uh, an American hero story. Uh, he's He's annoyed that even – sexual assault of Eddie Blake on Sally Juspashek uh, was viewed through Hooded Justice's point of view, right? Um, because it, it it minimizes what happened to her and just puts everything through his eyes. Um, although he does express also concern that the creator of the show has attributed schizophrenia to Hooded Justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So, I mean, I don't have much more to say about this memo. Do you? No, no, nothing really. Okay. So let's move on to what I think are the much more interesting ones. Uh, let's start with extra dimensional anxiety and you. Okay. Okay. So this is the pamphlet that Wade puts out at the support group. Uh, the, so it's a picture of a cat like staring through a window, so you can so the cat can see its own reflection in the window, um, and you can. You can actually see this in the episode, but now we get to see the entire thing from the inside as well. Um, so it's all about what is it? it starts with what extra dimensional anxiety is. And apparently there are two forms of it. There's the fear that it could happen again. And then there's the PTSD from living through it. Yeah, this is like a legitimate crisis. Yes. <laughs> Among millions of people worldwide. 50 million people worldwide. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's something else. So, uh we got a new acronym here, ECE, exotic cephalopod ent- entities. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Exotic cephalopodian entities. That's what the squids are called. <laughs> that fancy name for them? Just call them yeah. squids, but that's exactly i think that's what we will call them from this point forward anyway um turns out that there is uh the uh people with people with the eda uh, extra dimensional anxiety uh, can't stop thinking or reflecting on their uh trauma and feel as if they're forever stuck in the moment which certainly this episode did a great job of 
portraying that of mm-hmm. for showing Wade feeling stuck in that moment. That's why we hear careless whisper four times in this episode. So uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's perfect. Anyway, um, another possible symptom is uh, hyper avoidance where you just deny, 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 or hypervigilance, which is what we see out of weight. Actually, we see both out of weight, right? So uh, like publicly, he, he doesn't even acknowledge it ever, but privately he's doing, he's conducted over 500 drills on this unit that he got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess how many, like how long has he had the devices would be, I guess my only question. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I have to mention he had it for like 100 days. <laughs> five five <laughs> drills a day. <laughs> yeah, it would be something. But, I mean, it, this, this bunker looks older than that. Yeah. That well, certainly does. Yeah. Uh, we, they talk about a symptom being difficulty trusting people at organizations, which Wade certainly exhibits mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, paranoia, thrill-seeking, and suicidal suicidal thoughts. They talk about it being easy to dis- to succumb to despair as a result of EDA, extra-dimensional anxiety. Uh, there are some myths about extra-dimensional anxiety, like that it isn't real. But Squidfall, we find out, happens about once every other week. Uh, so twenty-five point four times a year on average. Yeah, uh, and. It's continued uh, as to be recognized as a legitimate psychological malady. You, you, they get a squid fall as often as you get a paycheck. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> Bi-weekly. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. So not I, me I, though. I get paid not. weekly. Sorry. Oh, just not nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, but my wife gets paid, gets paid on the opposite weeks. So <laughs> Your household so, gets paid weekly. So the household gets paid weekly. It's very nice. so anyway. Um, it's all about family. Yeah. yeah, fifty million people suffer from EDA worldwide, um, and EDA might they, there's there's an a theory that it's even more difficult to manage now than it was closer to the event itself because there are so many layers of complication uh, that you know you might find yourself feeling even more hopeless and experiencing different or more severe symptoms. It's kind of an evolving malady, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some counseling techniques, uh, they talk about prolonged group and exposure therapy, like Wade is, runs a group, right? So that's one of the, one of the possible uh, treatments. There's some other stuff here that I'm not going to go into, but the, one, the, the other one that I do want to go into is pet therapy. PT encourages you to adopt an animal such as a dog or cat, natural or genetically engineered, and care for it as a way to take your mind off your trauma, develop your relations, relational skills, and re-engage life, which is very um, – it's, well, it's kind of sad to think about because his ex-wife did say, do you want it? And he said, what am I supposed to do with a dog when that actually is one of the treatments for his, his uh, con- condition? Yeah, no. Although, I mean, well, it's a treatment. Uh, it's a lot of responsibility, a dog. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I guess it could enough. be a treatment, but I don't know. Fair enough. All right. So finally, in the PDPedia, the, the, this for this episode, we have a pamphlet about nostalgia. And I saved this one for last because this seems like a nice transition into where we're headed yeah. in the next episode. Right? I, this is probably my favorite one out of the three. This is so good. This is amazing. <laughs> so uh, they talk about what happens 
I mean, there's there's a lot of information. A lot of it is not anything new uh, based on what we already know. It's memories and pill form. I mean, that's mm-hmm. they, they've told us that on the show. But uh, one of the things that they say here, which is really important for us to know, <laughs> is that uh, ta- uh, that it is very dangerous to take someone else's nostalgia. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, I held the next on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you watch the next on? Yeah, I did. I okay. did. So Okay. That seems gotcha. to be a big portion of what <laughs> the next episode I think will entail is mm-hmm. uh, Angela's taken Will's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll see how she deals with that. They, tell, they do tell us that uh, they, there are one to five memories per pill and that they're color-coded with red being the most intense memories. Okay, they do formalize for us here that tobacco is illegal. Um, they give us all these really scary overdose symptoms, which I'll, I'll, I can kind of run through that a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, if you overdose on... Boy, this PDF is really hard for me to navigate. I feel like... Can you zoom in? Yeah, I'm trying, but I keep accidentally zooming back out. Anyway... Mm-hmm. Um, they say if you're uh, alone driving, operating machinery of any kind, you should not take this. If you're near a pool, beach, or cliff, you shouldn't take it. If you're near an open window, you shouldn't take it. If you're responsible for the care of another human being or a pet, you shouldn't take it. If you're exa- engaged in sexual in- intercourse or eating, you shouldn't take it. It's like basically you need to be like in a padded room if you're going to take this. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's just, yeah, don't do a lot with that. I think I want to know with this that it says, um, when they talk about the tobacco usage, it says the FDTA. Yep. What's that? Because that's not the FDA. Food, drug, and tobacco, maybe? Oh, I wonder. Okay. Because that's not the FDA. And I I looked up FDTA and that didn't come up at all on Google. So that's not an actual government organization, I think. So it's it's probably tobacco. Yeah, that makes sense because government, I guess, banned tobacco. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we get uh, these, so the, getting back to the scary overdose symptoms. If you mm-hmm. overdose, okay, uh, it might trigger one, some, or all of the following cardiac arrest, respiratory distress, sleeping sickness, or I'm sorry, sleeping, yeah, sickness, sorry, uh, catatonia, psychic looping incessant weeping laughing or screaming random or irregular erections or <laughs> vaginal wetness uh involuntary orgasms explosive flatulence or diarrhea kidney liver and colon failure and the complete collapse of the autoimmune system so pretty scary dangerous uh overdose symptoms okay and uh, they reiterate here again Never take someone else's nostalgia. Right. Thankfully, she's in the custody of the police, so hopefully they'll uh, they'll take good care of her. Yep. So in- in- ingesting his nostalgia made for another individual erodes the boundary between self and other, and catalyzes hyperactive empathy or extreme fight flight responses. It causes profound aphasia temporal disorientation, emotional triggering, and paranoia, and may also produce lasting conditions and disorders like mania, hypersensitivity, lingering hallucinations, confused or altered consciousness, dissociative fugue, 
psychosis, schizophrenia, and permanent memory or identity loss. So I'm just warning you, Mr. Stahl, you didn't read that correctly because whenever I see it on the commercials, they read that so much faster. You're right. <laughs> they definitely do. <laughs> they would skim right past them. <laughs> yep. go, well, what was that? Death? That was... <laughs> exactly. did, I read, did, did I hear death in there? I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh man. So I, I don't know. I actually really like this set of PDPD entries um, because I, I really liked reading about extra dimensional anxiety and nostalgia. I thought those were really good. I, uh, the PDPD one for this one, I was kind of. Uh, I mean, PDPD pretty much every week is just here, catch up on the book. Maybe, but, maybe that's what I'm not as into them now. Yeah, I, I feel very caught up on the book. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's the, th that's all I've got. Do you have anything you want to add, Kurt? No, I mean, I don't have any real predictions for next episode. Uh, I guess Will's going to get his wish. Uh, Angel's going to go through his past, and we'll, I'm curious to see what she'll see. Um, I'm hoping we'll see... Because we, we've only seen Will as a child. I'm assuming, you know, Will had a lot more memories besides being a kid if he's 100-something <laughs> years old. So, right. I mean, he's lived through a lot of time from, yep. you know... The Minutemen to eventually, you know, I mean, I guess the Watchmen group. They never formally called that, but no. Mm -hmm. Our Watchmen Do you think group we'll see and... any of the Minutemen or Watchmen characters? In his probably. Memories? Probably. I'm going to go gotcha. with probably. But, um, gotcha. Well, they're just on TV or actually, but I think we'll see some of that. And eh, I'm, I'm excited for it. And I'm hopeful to see Dr. Manhattan. I'm very, I'm very excited for the Adrian Veidt storyline. I'm, I'm scared that um, since the the warden's taking him in that will take a step backwards from uh, mm. his his escape, but I think he'll he'll get through it next episode and he'll be back on track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Break free. So. All right. All right. Well, we'll have to see. All right. And a programming note, folks. This is so. If you're listening to this on drop day, this is Monday. On uh, this Thursday, we'll be covering The Last of Us episode three, season one, episode three. So hopefully you're following along with our Last of Us coverage. Hopefully we're loving it because. I, I hope I hope I am not too scared. It's spooky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, folks, if you want to contact us, it's showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love you to leave five star ratings and reviews. We'd love you to share the podcast around. Tell your friends about it. Tell your enemies about it. Tell your coworkers about it. Tell AI about it. Open source. <laughs> Showhoppers as many times as you can. <laughs> we hashtag Showhoppers and all your social media posts. <laughs> Go back into our back catalog. Listen to all of our other coverage. Lots of it in there. Better Call Saul, Black Mirror, Centaur World, Dexter New Blood, The Leftovers, Lost, Only Murders in the Building, Ozark, Russian Doll, and uh, all of the White Lotus up to this point. And, and now we're well into The Last of Us as well. So hopefully you're enjoying that. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap up here, Kurt? Uh, who watches The Watchmen? Hmm. All right, hands. We know there are other dimensions than this one, but this is the dimension where we live, and we will not live in fear. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.